fair slash summer. And you are listening to 94.1 KPFA and 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, 97.5 K248BR in Santa Cruz and online at kpfa.org. The time is 3 p.m. Stay tuned next for Cover to Cover with Jennifer Stone. Happy ending, nice and tidy, it's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday, happy endings are the rule, so divide up. In darkness from the ones who walk in light. Light them up, boys. There's your picture. Drop the shadows out of This is, this is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw, and today is the 19th, the 19th of April, yes, the 19th of April. I'm tangled myself up in my mic, dear. Uh, I think, yes, I, I love that theme, my theme song here from Three Penny Opera. The one that ends the Three Penny Opera I've been reading about. Bertolt Brecht, lately it seems that most of the Three Penny Opera, 80%, says my, uh, my biographer here, was written by Elizabeth Hauptman. Yes, interesting. <laughs> yes, one of these days, after blow the whistle on Bertolt Brecht, it seems that the women did. Most of the work, don't you know? But, of course, they published under his name because that's the way it was done. Never mind. Never mind. Uh, I love that theme at the end. Uh, let's see. In this translation, the one I have here on the air, it says, uh, it ends by saying, uh, drop the shadows out of sight. Now, the actual translation would be those in darkness drop from sight. Uh, you never can tell. You know, it all kind of depends on uh, who's translating. That's the way it goes. Uh, today, as I said, is April the 19th, and most of us are aware by now that President Obama has put forward his choice for that empty seat on the Supreme Court. Now, there's only eight judges on the court at present, so the decisions are going to stall. The vote's going to be four to four until we get a ninth judge. It's crucial to keep the court functional. Of course, everyone's afraid, well, the right wing is afraid that the new judge just might be liberal. Is the right-wing legislatures, they have sworn to block President Obama's appointment. 
they are determined not to hold hearings to confirm or deny uh, their choice, which the Constitution says is the job of the executive right to appoint another new judge. Thurgood Marshall's seat became empty back back long ago in the day. And then we got Clarence Thomas. <laughs> tell you about that in a minute. Yes, three branches of government. We have executive, judicial, legislative. I was once a, a school teacher, and in eighth grade civics, you know, we taught the three branches of government. I thought I would send my lesson plans to Congress and say, "Did you, were you aware, gentlemen, you know, that this is the way it's done? Uh, you will remember that the judiciary branch of our federal government, that's the branch that gave George W. Bush the White House in 2000, you remember? Uh <laughs> the trouble was, of course, well, in spite of the fact that Al Gore won the popular vote, the Supreme Court seemed to feel that George W. was the man for the job. Uh, now, uh, as long as the senators on the Judiciary Committee refuse to do their job, this court, the present court, will be disabled. Any decision made by eight judges alone... Uh, actually could be challenged at some time in the future. Ah, think about that. In any case, this present impasse gives real immediacy to a drama that's on HBO TV. Now, it started last Saturday night, and it will be repeating and repeating, ongoing. Just press on demand if you have that kind of uh, telly on Comcast. I have Comcast. HBO costs a fortune, but it's my one great luxury. Now, the show to watch is called Confirmation. Uh, it's a two-hour feature film. It's got an astonishing portrait, the story of the confirmation hearings in the Senate back in 1991. Now, those hearings were the ones which resulted in the confirmation of Clarence Thomas. You know, he got Thurgood Marshall's seat. They called it the, you know, the black seat. They'd have one black member of the court. Anyway, uh, what was it Thurgood Marshall used to say? Uh, what a blessed man he was. He had to quit. He, he, um, he said he was, uh, he was finished. He said he was dying anyway. Uh, they asked him about who he wanted to succeed him. And he said a few things. Uh, one of them was, well, he said, a black snake can bite you. Just as quick as a white one. Anyway, a quarter of a century ago, in 1991... A decision was made which has affected the lives of all citizens and many non-citizens uh, of our country and of, actually, yes, many countries around the world. Think of the immigration laws, okay? Now, uh, once these laws are in place, you know, you're not going to get many changes. Uh, as long as Clarence Thomas lives, he has a hand in things. I think he was in his 40s when he got the seat on the court. Anyway, this film 
called uh, Confirmation. It um, presents uh, a character witness named Anita Hill, a law professor. Uh, she told the committee that Clarence Thomas had sexually harassed her during the years she worked for him. Well, with him, for him. I guess for him at first, and maybe later there was a little more equity. But that, of course, is the problem. Power is always the problem. Who's the boss of it? And who has the power to fire you? And the power to get you a better job? Uh, now, uh, at that time, in 1991, the Senate had just gone through hearings for a guy called Judge Bork. And uh, there was a great deal of anger. When Clarence Thomas came along, several lawyers were <laughs> heard to say, we got to Bork him, yes. Uh-huh. Very angry. Now, uh, the evidence on Bork, well, the information, the information dredged up on Judge Bork definitely left the Senate committee no choice but to pass. Uh, his appointment was not confirmed. And, uh, they're pretty angry about that. Uh, uh, <laughs> now, when this right-wing judge was rejected... That's Bork. Uh, well, it put it put a sour note into the uh, uh, the thoughts of these right wing senators. So this left wing challenge uh, the uh, the request. Yes, I. Uh, well, they balked. They kept balking when the uh, left wing, right wing. Uh, it's so hard for me and for so many others, you know, to figure all this out. I mean, to understand. Uh, I, I couldn't understand why Clarence Thomas was confirmed. It just seemed ridiculous. The left wing uh, balked and they said, no, they said, this guy's this guy's no use. He's just not, not a good guy. Uh, it was not a crime. Now remember that he, he didn't. He was not a rapist. Uh, but the uh, conclusion, the only conclusion the senators could reach if they were paying attention, was that the woman who said that Clarence Thomas was not the sort of individual who should sit on the highest court in the land. This was the only conclusion to be had. Uh, you know, they thought, or they had to think. They had to say she was lying. Now, they made up all the usual reasons, you know, uppity and so forth. A single black woman, you know. Now, my own reaction was like that of thousands, thousands of women in this country, maybe millions. It's the old he said, she said. Uh, you know, that's always a rigged game. It was one woman... Uh, Anita Hill sitting there facing that uh, I don't I'm trying to remember how many eight, nine, ten this huge cabal uh, of male senators rolling their eyes and smirking anyway it's a long time ago now I'm trying to remember it uh, in great detail because uh, I've noticed lately that many young people are not informed about this event, uh, and I'm f kind of hazy because, uh, well, 
many people I talked to at the time did seem to be confused because, of course, if you were there, you will have noticed that Clarence Thomas made the issue one of his being a black man in America. Now, the people I talked to, let's see, this past week or so, some of them weren't born when all this uh, went down, kind of shocked the nation. Uh, I was certainly not shocked. I just thought that, well, anyone can see she's telling the truth. The question is whether or not uh, it's reason enough to dump the guy. Uh, as I said, he's not a... Well, at that time, he was not a criminal. I'm trying to remember exactly how the laws stood in 1991. Sexual harassment laws, I think, came in a little later, or they were at least enforced a little later. Uh, Thomas, Clarence Thomas, was one of those um, civil servants who were supposed to be working on all that stuff. You know, workers' rights, civil rights, uh, freedom from harassment on the job, uh, hostile work environment, all that stuff, whether it was sexual or just plain mean, nasty and malevolent. Uh, legal issues aside, I thought it was perfectly easy to see that this man was a thoroughly creepy type. Women my age mostly knew that, uh, well, we knew it was a given that power was the issue. We understood that. Uh, question is, just can the boss push you around? Are you tough enough? Can you fight back? Yes or no? We used to say something on the order of man up. And then we would say, oh, no, I don't dare, you know. I'll be out on my ear and I can't afford to lose my job. Mostly we put up with a lot of that stuff. And... In the main, most of the women I knew, if it got too awful, they just gave up and quit. That's the way the game was played. Now, I figured out back in 1991 that the committee was not going to continue to seek for any truth, any proof, any uh, really, uh, really honest behavior from uh Clarence Thomas, uh, I mean, he could have just, you know, quietly gone behind the, the uh, <laughs> gone back in the back room and said, okay, fellas, I, I'm sorry, I uh, obviously, I should withdraw my, uh, uh, <laughs> my nomination here for this seat. Uh, now, there was a witness. This is the biggie. The next witness to be called after... Anita Hill, was to be a woman named Rebecca Wright, and she was denied a hearing. Uh, she said, let's see, she came to Washington. She was there for almost just two days there waiting to be called, and uh, she was going to tell a story very similar to the one that Anita Hill told about the uh, unpleasant conduct of this man, uh, now, the chairman of the committee, the Senate committee, who was supposed to decide who was going to be the judge on the court, you know, that was Senator Joseph Biden. You know, Joe Biden, now the vice president of these United States. It was his decision to shut down the hearing uh, in the uh, film, in the movie. 
he seems to be pressured. The uh, excuse he made for shutting the hearings down was that the public was disgusted and, you know, it was all in such bad taste and everybody was uh, embarrassed, you know. Uh, Ted Kennedy kept his mouth shut for obvious reasons. When pushed by some concerned women, he did speak up. You know, they said to him, she's all alone out there. So, Kennedy did speak up and say that it wasn't about race. You remember that uh, both Clarence Thomas and Anita Hill were African Americans. So, if anything, it had to be about gender. Mostly it was about, you know, who was in power and who who was uh, in a position to push the other person around. Now, in the film, the way they presented it, uh, Joseph Biden is played sympathetically. The actor was very good, you know. He he presented as a man trapped by his colleagues. He really couldn't do anything else. He gave up in the end, and he decided to uh, prevent this woman, Rebecca Wright, uh, fascinating customer actually in real life and in the film you know you could see that she had more uh, I don't want to call it guts because of course Anita Hill was the the uh, real hero of this uh, this uh, play this drama uh, and she was more than willing Rebecca Wright she was more than willing to confirm Anita Hill's allegations that Clarence Thomas was the sort of a man your mother taught you to stay away from at the end Anita Hill says she's talking to her women friends and when they realize that you know it's all over and that uh, Thomas has been confirmed she says well what what good have we done that's always the question. Uh, the film then presents evidence. Uh, I hope it's true that this event was a national exercise in awareness, in consciousness raising, that women and men, uh, especially young people all over the country and around the world, took notice. Uh, most empathized with her. It became clear that the publicity, the media frenzy, had done a real job of consciousness raising. They showed all these uh, you know, piles of letters and all her connections, Anita Hill's connections with the uh, uh, the women's movement, and uh, the interesting thing should be noted is that she never uh, exploited this uh, this event. She didn't, you know, write an, a mean book. I don't think she's written a book. No, I don't think so. And uh, she kept a low profile. An extremely dignified woman, actually quite conservative. Uh, I was just astounded that those men um, mm, confirmed Clarence Thomas. Uh, they seemed to be saying that Anita Hill was not a serious person. Uh, I guess it's that 
but single woman, same old, same old. Uh, she just didn't look like, you know, well, she was a, good God, she was a, a, a law professor. Now, it became clear bit by bit, you know, uh, the hearings, people watched and they saw that this woman was a thoughtful individual, that she was not a left-winger at all. She was conservative. Uh, <laughs> Biden, Joseph Biden let her family come to uh, help her to watch uh, the hearings. And she said, well, you don't understand. I have a very large family. I think 13 people were allowed in the uh in the committee room to watch this nonsense. Uh, now, uh, I guess, you know, when I say she came forward on her own, that's, what is it? Uh, it's a yes and a no. She, she knew that she should. And her friends encouraged her and said, you know, you got to do this. And uh, bit by bit, she was persuaded that uh, there was no way she could not step forward and talk about this uh, this mess because the guy was going to be confirmed and uh, he would be on our Supreme Court the rest of his life. Uh, the women's advocacy groups persuaded her. Uh, now, the, uh, the shame uh, on the faces of the uh, conscientious men on that committee, uh, that became apparent. Uh, they had to, they had to present as being dismissive and uh, uh, down, downright, um, what, superior, sneering. Uh, it's a great deal made of the fact that uh, they kept rolling their eyes. You remember the ones, yes. You remember the fellows who rolled their eyes and made those faces. Uh, now, the women senators in this show, in confirmation, they were pretty interesting. Let's see, B.B. Newworth played one, I think. Was that Barbara Boxer she was doing? Anyway, the women senators at the time were only 2% of the Senate. Uh, they are now 20% of the senators. So Amy Goodman said on Bill Maher's show last week, she said, Think what the outcome would have been if 50% of the senators were women. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> Catch uh, Amy Goodman on Bill Maher's show. That runs the rest of this week. Uh, she is on the uh, late-night TV shows to promote her book. Anyway, it seemed to me that the male senators, that is, in real life, the ones on real television, and this was reflected in the film uh, confirmation, it seemed to me that those guys, well, they all had, well, many of them had histories of their own. So I thought, well, you know, they'll get together and uh, they'll say, come on, fellas, you know, uh, uh the only way to play this is just to cut it all short, you know, and uh, see if Clarence Thomas would just go quietly. All he had to do was say, well, uh, I may have hurt this woman's feelings, so maybe I better just, you know, just uh, uh, opt out. Uh, but there was that Bork thing, you know, and uh, uh, I think... Uh, 
I think the rejection, you know, of Robert Bork, uh, that, that hurt. And, uh, in the film, we see, uh, we see Clarence Thomas as a victim. He sees himself, you see, as a victim. He presents, uh, as a, uh, what did he call it? He said it was a high tech lynching. He saw himself as a victim of racism, although Ted Kennedy said it wasn't about race. Uh, Clarence Thomas did not address the issues at all. He simply said she lied. That's it. He said she absolutely everything she said was a complete lie. There is a scene where he's at home with his wife. Mm, uh, she watches Anita Hill on the TV and she calls out to her husband. He says he's not going to listen to her, period. He's not going to listen to her. She's a horrible, stupid woman, you know. Anyway, there were some rumors at that time. I can't substantiate them. Uh, about uh, Thomas's wife, Virginia Thomas, Ginny. Uh, she's a white woman, um, an active, very active Republican, and more of the uh, rumor mill stuff. I remember that they said she had a hand in recruiting Thomas for that job on the court. You know, she was sent out to look for the right person to fill that seat. Uh, I don't know if that's all true, but I noticed that in recent years... Uh, Virginia Thomas is speaking up for right-wing causes. Uh, uh, Clarence Thomas himself has written a book, which I have yet to read. Oh, dear, now I'm, I'm doing it, acting like the one who refuses to listen to someone that he doesn't respect. Yes, I don't think I want to listen to his excuses. But uh, this HBO film, Confirmation, can be seen... On demand. It's two hours. It's an amazing biopic. It does a credible job of presenting the powers that be in Washington, D.C. I certainly hope Joseph Biden sees it. Uh, he gets off easy in this, uh, in this portrait. I mean, after all, the man is still in office there. Uh, I, I don't know, does it matter if he was ashamed of himself? The fact is that he he chickened out. Um, he knew that he should continue the hearings and take it all the way, but uh, he, he just threw in the sponge, as they say. Uh, now, there is a kind of advocacy theme in this drama. It is, it is definitely liberal, right? <laughs> the Pat Schroeder character, she looks at... Biden and the boys and they're sitting around the table in the Senate uh, dining room, you know, and she stands there for a long time and then she says to them, so much power, so little leadership. <laughs> yes, I bought it. Um, I kind of think the dark birds of history are circling over our heads once more. I wonder uh, if the new crowd coming up will have more courage. I think of the last line in one of my favorite movies uh, came out, oh, long ago. 
It's called Primary Colors. It was all about the Clintons in 1992. That's the year after the Anita Hill hearings. There's a scene at the end of Primary Colors in which we see Bill and Hillary Clinton dancing at his first inauguration. There's a party going down, and the last line is, Now don't break our hearts. This has been Jennifer Stone with uh, Stone's Throw, and I'll be back on the air next Tuesday at the same time. Till then, go easy, and if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. In darkness From the ones who Walk in light Light them up, boys There's your picture Drop the shadows Out of that Vandana Shiva, the physicist, environmental thinker, global activist for food and gender justice, that Vandana Shiva was recently bizarrely attacked by the New Yorker magazine. KPFA will ask her about this on April 27th, a Wednesday, when she'll present a major speech, Feeding the World, in Berkeley at the First Congregational Church, 2345 Channing Way. She'll also be signing her big new anthology, Seed Sovereignty, Food Security, Women, in the vanguard of the fight against GMOs and corporate agriculture. This momentous gathering, a benefit for KPFA and Navdanya Institute, hosted by KPFA's Janine Etter, is wheelchair accessible. Advanced tickets at brownpapertickets.com or indie bookstores. More info.